We're going to have this haunted house. It's going to be a great place. We're going to use all the ideas we've ever had and we're going to invent more. We'll need all kinds of ideas and ways of doing things that we haven't thought of yet, but they will be thought of. This week on Slice of Disney, The Haunted Mansion, part three. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your ghost host, Kelly Washington, Disney obsessed enthusiast and real life ghost Tinkerbell. <laughs> and I am uh, your your co-ghost host. Yes. Uh, your coast host from host ghost to ghost, uh, <laughs> Will Lentz, occasional Disney goer and real life uh, close up magician. Lies. Where'd the mouse go? <laughs> so sneaky. And we're recording this one on video. <laughs> yeah, if you saw where the mouse went, uh, don't tell her. Put it in the comments. <laughs> um, I, I re-listened. Okay, well, are you ready? I think so. As uh, ready as I'll ever be. I know. This is your birthday present, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Happy birthday to me. Um, there's multiple parts to this that get to be my birthday. Because Will likes, when I write notes... He's had to learn to like rein me in because otherwise all of our podcast episodes would be six hours long. Yeah. With the most minute details about something most people might not be interested in. I still try to sneak as much in as I can. But with this, oh baby, I can go as detailed as I want because it's my birthday. looking at that little scroll bar in the Google Docs and I was like, well, that's very small. Yes. Uh, this this one I'll I'll tell you at the top. This is for you and for the listeners. I've skimmed the notes and I'm gonna let you tell me what I know of the you, you don't even have a laptop today. And I love that. Because you know, this is one of those ones where like I know you're not gonna forget anything, you're gonna miss anything, so <laughs> you don't need me as a safety net. I'll just be the captive audience. There you go. Um we get to do Haunted Mansion. I'm wearing my Haunted Mansion shirt. Yeah. One of many. Yeah. I actually am so mad because I have so much Haunted Mansion stuff, and as you um, if you can see, we are working on a little set. This is our like fake set to start. Um, Intermediary. Yes. Um, we have a bunch of stuff coming in to make it a cool little set. Yeah. And if you want to see what they look like, we will probably put some pictures on Instagram. Yeah. Um, or at the least, you, I'm sure you'll see it on YouTube or TikTok. So, we're not even at the plugging portion of this podcast yet. I know. But there's just a lot of places you can see stuff. Just we're trying to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. But... We're going to talk about my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, we are. Trains. <laughs> no, even though those there's so many people who think I love trains. Um, I do love trains, but no, like... Yeah, no, I know. We're here to talk about the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And I got nervous again. I went back and I listened to our, our first two episodes about the Haunted Mansion, and the excitement in my voice in the first episode is such pure joy. Like, I can hear how excited I... Like that nervous energy because it's like talking. It's like it feels like an audition or something. Like it's that important because I'm talking about something I really care about and I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> I mean, it's important in life to have passions, and uh, and that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad you got this for you. Um, and it's the least I can do is to entertain you least. for. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, he's like, oh no, you had to research even more. Oh, so sorry. Um, I did want to talk about something since it's magical. Okay. Quick. So I just was in Vegas with my family. 
you know? Right. I did I did know that. I don't know if the uh, listeners did, but now they do. Yes. I was in Vegas with my family. It was a very, like, my dad was there for work. Um, and it was a very just, like, family-oriented trip. But we did do one thing that was, like, I would say outside of scandalous. doing cool. Yeah. We went to the Penn & Teller show. Oh, that's not that scandalous. Well. For Vegas. I guess that's true. But still, very cool. I've never been to a Penn & Teller show. Oh, my God. One, it was incredible. I want to go again. Mm -hmm. It was, they're just such amazing storytellers. And they have the ability that like how I felt when I saw Paul McCartney, where it feels like there's a room of just like 10 of us hanging Mm -hmm. out. That's cool. Even though there's thousands of, you know, a thousand people in the audience. Um, And I thought this was very fitting. Oh, well, also the important part was I got brought on stage. Yeah, I was going to wonder if you're going to mention that (laughs) or not. Yeah, that's cool. It was so cool. Yeah. Oh my God. What what was that about? Like, I mean, what, just to be like to draw a card and do things, part of their trick? Pen can, has. Do they call them tricks? Magic tricks? I don't remember what they called it, but they are very particular about like. Yeah, I feel like there's probably certain Letting you in on exactly what's happening. um, And doing magic and stuff, but it's more like the showmanship and. Yeah. You know, they're comedians and storytellers. Yeah. And so Penn has this incredible mind and he has memorized like hundreds. Every time they go to somewhere, they would get uh, a a box of cards Mm -hmm. and he has memorized all of them. Every card? Every card in the exact order that they're in. And everyone is different. They've shuffled every deck. Okay. I was like, I can tell you every card. No. The order they're in is more impressive. And it's hundreds. So he picked me out of the audience and he was like, Go up and pick the deck from where you're from. Oh, and I cool. accidentally picked one a little higher than Los Angeles, mm. which was called Chumash Casino, which I've actually been to. Wow. And it, so random. That is random. It's the only time I've ever gambled because they gave you free money. Mm. At Chumash Casino, they're just like, here's $50 on us to play slots. And I was like, okay. The first, the first 50 is free. Well, the, for me, that's all I did. And yeah, I was like, no, okay, thank sure, you. Sure. What'd you put it on? I just, well, you have to do slot machines. You can't gotcha. do like other stuff. Uh-huh. And then I won money and I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I just told my family that story and then I got picked and it's a Chumash casino box. And so he went based on my birthday, 825, and he knew like the eighth card, the 25th card. He knew every card in the whole deck. Wow. And then he let me keep it. Oh, that's so cool. I know. That's very cool. It, um, it was amazing. Yeah. But there's a tie-in there, right? Yes. The yeah. tie-in is that uh, tell Yeah, her- listen, I, I agreed to let you record this podcast, <laughs> uh, but not to tell me stories about your trips. Well, people, the people want to know. <laughs> I know. I'm teasing. Um, Teller was quoted on the Haunted Mansion because it's, I guess, his favorite attraction. Sure. That would make sense. And uh, he doesn't talk much, so it's exciting that mm. he's, you know, quoted saying something yeah um as you might imagine i'm a long-standing fan of the haunted mansion mainly because it contains such beautiful use of the classic pepper's ghost in the ballroom scene Mm. in fact this version is even more classic than that it harks back to dirks who actually invented the principle in 1858 Ah. the very idea that the lame amusement park spook house with its Air jets to blow up girls' skirts could become such a work of art just thrills me. That's a cool way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. To liked... take, that, take that kind of concept and uh, and elevate it. I mean, I guess that's kind of what Disney does in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, that's very cool. They elevate everything. That's a great quote. I liked it. And it felt cool. That I... That's also actually a very cool trip, too. I'm, I was teasing you <laughs> a little bit, but I think that's very neat. And um, I felt so special. I was like beaming from ear to ear. Of course. That's very cool. Uh, yeah. They have like a reality show. I think that's like a, like a game show. It's kind of like a, 
um, America's Got Talent of sorts, right? Where they're like, can we figure out your trick? Yeah. Um, I've seen some of them on YouTube, but that's been about it. It seems very cool. They expected it to only go for like a season and now it's been on for like 10. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they have other magicians come on, do their tricks, and they have to say if they can figure it out or not. That's cool. Um, yeah. They're really amazing people. They work well together. They've been working together for over 40 years. That just uh, not, we're not quite there yet. We're not almost. We'll get there. Almost. Soon we'll have a residency in Vegas. <laughs> yes, everyone wants to hear about the haunted mansion. But Speaking of that. Ready? So we're going to do a couple different things as we get into this. One, I think one of the most important parts of the haunted mansion and why I love it so much is because so many people's hands went into it. Pretty much any Imagineer um, who's iconic and started out with Walt is in is a part of this history. Yeah. So we're going to do a little bit of a rundown of some of these names so that you know who we're talking about as we go through it. That sounds great. I think it's good to give that context as to who, which ones, uh, which Imagineers did what. And also like... You know, I think for this particular episode, a lot of it is like they've had a bunch of different ideas. This is where we are on the timeline of of the mansion and, yes. and how we have delivered it at this point. Mm-hmm. A lot of different ideas. I can't they, they're starting to figure out what they might want it to be, but how do they get them all into one yes. attraction and not make it too muddy? Too how crazy. Do, how do you do you walk guests through? We don't know yet. Gotta get our crack team of Avenger, Imagineers. Yeah, we're assembling the team. Yeah. Um, So first of all, we have Ken Anderson. Uh, You know him. He was one of the studio's top animators when Walt picked him. He had already done a lot of the dark rides in Fantasyland. Mm. He did a lot of work on Disneyland at the beginning. Yeah. And he is famous in terms of the Haunted Mansion, because I'm going to give you a little context about what they're each famous for as well. Love that. With the Haunted Mansion. Um, he researched a lot of the Southern homes and manors uh, in what house, you know, they would pick. He ended up picking the house that looks exactly like it. It's wild from a, a book. And we'll get there in today's lesson. Okay. Um, he, he made a ton of sketches, paintings, models, and even some audio recordings. Um, his involvement with the project. What is that? It's ghosts. We're recording Haunted Mansion. It must be ghosts. Sounds like a train, but I don't know where the train tracks are in there. In our second... Ghost train. Ghost train. In our second episode, we were in Marceline. That's true. And the train kept going by and yeah. interrupting. Yeah. Um, came I came to visit us. What? They came to visit us. I know. I will say, <laughs> originally, our third episode was going to be about the characters of the Haunted Mansion, but it's been a while, so I wanted to get back into the history. Also, pause. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes... Go back, check those out yeah. about the Haunted Mansion. Absolutely. And then catch up and join us here on yeah. episode three. Yeah. Uh, back to Ken Anderson. Uh-huh. Uh, so he um, he was the one who wrote all of the different storylines that we looked into as possibilities for what the story cool. of the Haunted those Mansion. Those were cool. I liked them. I love them. Yeah. He also designed and came up with one of my favorite parts, the elevator, um, and all the hanging characters. And, you know, he painted them. Um, in the elevator. That's how he figured out how you get people to the big show building outside of the actual park. Oh, okay, the stretch. The show, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here's the, the stretching thing. room. I couldn't remember what the elevator was. A stretching room is what I know Stre- it as because well, it's a like, room and it stretches. That is the correct answer. I yeah. 
Yes. Don't uh, don't ruin the magic I'm, for me. I'm so sorry. Um, Mark Davis is next. Mark Davis. There were apparently three or four different Davises on this project. So Mark. Mark Davis is the one that um, feuded with Tony Baxter. Yes. Hey, look at good me. job. Yeah. Um, but my favorite part is that Tony Baxter is quoted as referring to him as the king of animation. In the behind scenes segment where they talk about the haunted mansion, he like talks about that. As you're going into the cemetery, there's a moment where a guy is um, with his dog. He's like, like yeah, oh, yeah, I know, yeah, I know what yeah, and he came up with that as to evoke like a fear of the cemetery. That's cool. That was on that was him, Mark. Uh, yes, Mark uh-huh. Davis. He also he was the ladies' man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Oh, he, I know Mark. You remember Mark? Yeah, uh, yeah. He did Jungle Cruise, Feud with Tony, Animator mm-hmm. Snow White, Bambi, yeah. Tinkerbell. Made Tinkerbell. I made Maleficent. So many things. Um, fun fact. He has a tombstone at Haunted Mansion that says Grandpa Mark. Oh, nice. Do you think Tony Baxter put that in there? Like, you're the <laughs> like hey, you're the grandpa. Grandpa Mark. <laughs> you're dead, buddy. Ah, get out of here. He is dead. Well, Aww. that's I'm, I didn't say. That's what Tony said. <laughs> uh, our next person we're going to talk about is Claude Coates. Okay. I, I've heard that name. I can't remember why. These are all names that, you know, I you've probably heard them, but it's fun to give you that reminder. So no, he, please is a background artist, an animator, set designer. We know him a lot from Mr. Toad, Pirates of the Caribbean, Snow White's Scary Adventures. And he did like the um, dioramas that you can see going, that were at the World's Fair, that you can see when you go around the train at Disneyland. Okay, cool. Yeah, he was famous for uh, also, it's Small World, uh, Carousel Progress. He did a lot. He was really, really well known. Storybook Canal Boats? No. I no. should be. That feels like kind of like right in line with so those close. other ones, right? It does, but yeah. he was not on that. I bet he's upset that he, he wasn't on it. Totally. He's really <laughs> bummed. I think this is interesting. He was known for being creepy mood. Like, he was known for creating these environments of creepy, moody atmospheres that felt heavily, you know, Okay. A little intense, you know? Yeah, I was going to make fun, but then I remember you, what, what, Mr. Toads, right? Yeah. Um, Snow White. There's, and... there's creepy. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. So he's known for the scary approach as opposed to Mark Davis. Right. Who we just talked about, who is more silly. Yeah, yeah, And more fun. Next we have Marvin Davis. I know. I know. That's why we have to go through this. Marvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvin Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, was a master planner, art director, scene designer. And he is remembered by Disney fans by... He would take Walt Disney's ideas um, and he made he made them come to life at with Disney World and Epcot. Okay. So he has a lasting impression there. Gotcha. That's cool. Because um, that, obviously, World and Epcot, after... After that's Walt. That's post post-Walt. So he took his ideas and influenced it. Yeah. Cool. Good he for, also did good for all, Marv. Good for Marv. Vin Davis. Mm. Um, he did the Main Street buildings. He did mm. uh, Sleeping Beauty's Castle. Gotcha. A lot of the exteriors. Yeah. And the exterior of the Haunted Mansion. Right. Shocking. Next, we have a name that's so iconic. You know, we love this name. Say it. Raleigh Crump. Raleigh! Raleigh Crump. And guys, I'm determined we're going to find a way to get him on our podcast. Um, he is known for being... Oh, silly goose. He's very strange. Well, I don't know. With words like that, I don't know if Raleigh's <laughs> going to come on here. Silly goose and very strange. But I can tell you, 
But that's probably true because he's, from what I know of Raleigh Crump, the one Imagineer I remember about. I know that's um, what I love. He's got very ab, like very abstract kind of artistic yeah. vision. Um, in, in part with Small World, uh, created a big like sculpture yes. that was like weird and stuff. And they were like, "This is great," but like. Uh, no, actually, Raleigh was like, this is great, but like, I don't think that we should do it. And Walt was like, no, it's coming with us. And then they took it with them. And he spent and it was like $200,000 to get it there. And then they like didn't take it to the actual spot of the attraction after the World's Fair. Yep. Um, I'm so impressed. Look, I've taught you so much. Raleigh's my guy, you know? Yep. I don't know why. Actually, I do, because I've seen videos of him and he seems cool. So He does seem super cool. For those who uh, don't remember as much as Will, he was an assistant animator on movies like Peter Pan. Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians. He joined WED in 1959 um, and worked on Enchanted Tiki Room. Um, he was a, ma- a magician as a kid. Mm. It was one of his hobbies. And he always like was known around the office. Like He would just create like random little mobiles and kinetic sh- sculptures. Just like his brain, he was always, you know, yeah. like, thinking like that outside the box. His fun fact... Um, is that his tombstone and is, is uh, that there's a character, Rollo Rumpkin. Rollo Rumpkin. I like that. And that's, yeah, that's his uh, little tribute. I like that. And here's his buddy. These two worked hand in hand. Um, this Imagineer is Yale Gracie. Yale Gracie is kind of going to be one of the biggest deals of, of the Haunted Mansion. That's why you have Master Gracie. Okay, I was even, like, hey, that name sounds familiar. Yes, gotcha. even in the bad Haunted Mansion movie, the 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 mansion is called Gracie's like manor, and it's yeah. Master Gracie. So, uh, Yale Gracie was known as an animator, um, and he he was really known for his special effects. He did a lot of the special effects on pirates, like the fire, how it looks like fire is going. Yeah, but it was. They were like, whoa, well, careful, guys. Yes, it's not real. Uh, he did come up with that. Yeah. he was. He's really the special effects guy. He came up with. Pretty much all these special effects, or like using Pepper's ghost, he brought that back. That's to what life. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we got a pretty good team here. Is there? Is that he it? also wait. There, no, no, this is my favorite fun fact. Okay, because you're going to hear a ton about him in sure, the sure, sure. mansion. No, I'm ready for it. Give me that fun fact. Walt first discovered Yale um, because he was tinkering with randoms. He loved to tinker. He was mm-hmm. always tinkering with something, um, and. He discovered Yale building a device that would give the illusion of falling snow uh, in the Burbank office while he was in the animation department. And Walt was like, oh, no, no, no. You got to come over here. You want to know why? Why? Because he heard that Yale Gracie loved miniature and model trains. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So that's all the names you're going to hear today. Let's take a little bit of a back step back to give you a little refresher um, speed version of the original one of our first episode. Walt always wanted a haunted mansion. He always wanted a haunted house. Uh, the idea originally in the original blueprints, pictures of Disneyland, there was like this house with a, or a hill with a creepy house. <laughs> there was a house. Duh. Pause. Yeah. I will let you do this. Yes. But you legitimately get one minute. I Oh, I'm almost done. Are you? With the refresher, yeah. When you started to go into the fact that it was drawn on the map, I was like, this could get long. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right, go, 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 go. Okay. Um, once uh, Disneyland opened, they they didn't have the budget to make the haunted house, but once it was open, they wanted to make a New Orleans square. And in New Orleans square, there was an idea of having a wax museum of pirates and some kind of walkthrough haunted house. 
And um, Walt worked with Ken on how to incorporate that, you know, how to get it into New Orleans Square. He sent Imagineers Mark Davis and Claude Coates to start designing the attraction. It was going to be hidden beneath the alleyways of Disneyland in the French Quarter. Thirty <laughs> um, seconds. I'm almost, literally. I'm almost there. I believe you're you. Taking up I'm time. just timing it. I'm, you're killing me, Smalls. Um, and off to this, in New Orleans Square, not far from this pirates exhibit, he wanted the idea of the house of the cunning Bartholomew Black Bart Roberts, the you know wicked pirate owner. Um, and then we got into all of the different storylines that Ken Anderson came up with that were a potential idea and walkthrough. They all required a lot of work. Done. That's been a minute. I'm done. Yeah, yeah you, you, you got it right in there, including yes. my interjections. I'll, granted, I gave you like, you know, 15 seconds to start with, but I gave you good job. Thank you. Thank you for that speed catch up. Yes. So now we're at the point where um, we're in we're in the storyline part where right. we we discussed the stories last time, but we didn't really talk about what was happening to make these stories come to life. So um, Ken Anderson's pitches required a lot of work. They were extremely thorough. Uh, he would, every single one, he made intricate models um, to demonstrate his ideas to show off to his colleagues of how the traffic would move in and out of each scene and how each special effect might work. Yeah, and and as a, as a reminder, I think one of the things that is important to think about while we're discussing this today is that like a lot of what they were debating around was like, how do we get people in and out through this? Not like they considered whether it would be a boat ride to travel through the mansion or like a walking tour kind of goes. They had a bunch of stuff, a bunch of ideas, a lot of talent, but couldn't quite get the jigsaw puzzle to work together. So yeah. even this, you're seeing like, he, how do we how do we innovate on the different paths, that kind of stuff. So I just want to remind everybody of that because that's a lot of what this story is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At this point, it's definitely going to be a walkthrough. Um, I think the boat thing was like a very brief, you know, maybe it would be a boat ride, especially when it was the pirate story of right. Captain Gore. But the the most, the latest idea of his was taking kind of the same spooky home of Captain Gore, you know, our our murderous yeah. pirate. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was a very specific and detailed floor plan. He went through at least six different drafts of his different ghost house. Mm -hmm. And every one, everyone would have to walk through. So by September 1957, Ken had this fully designed haunted house. No longer, it's not a miniature. I mean, in the uh, Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, had had full-size sets. One, I just think about how much money that would cost. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I, like, and every single one, every single special effect had been tested. It could be fine-tuned. And he was and Walt Disney was getting the demonstrations himself. This at this point, while this is going on and stories are being created, again, this was really important to Walt. So he brought in two more imagineers. Keep them coming. This Which is, ones are these? This is Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie. Great. My two favorites. Yes. They these two are like, you know, gonna be two peas in a pod. At this time. While they're coming in, Ken goes on vacation. We did mention this with the Winchester house. He sees the Winchester house. Right. Where I was like, oh, a Winchester gun. Shot. I don't. I yeah. Didn't, I feel I like that. Totally, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, wait, what? Sure. Um, so it gets a little inspiration from that. Gets more inspiration. While the other Imagineers are looking at very like typical, um, what you think of when you think of a haunted house, Ken kept coming back to this idea of like an old Southern 
New Orleans home. Mm -hmm. And he found a book in the Walt Disney Studio Library. And it was called Decorative Art of Victoria's Era. And it was just filled with samples of Victorian art and furnishings and architecture. But in this book, there was the most perfect, unexpected find. And I think this is so, like, what? Like, he's just, like, picking up a random book on Victoria era. Like, what? And it was a mansion called the Shipley Lidecker House. Uh, I've heard that. I've heard that name before. You have? Yeah. Only because of this. Probably only because of this. I don't, <laughs> I don't have that uh neural bridge in my mind but i'm about to get it it was this like beautiful mansion iron lace porches it looks like a home that would be in louisiana but ironically it was actually in baltimore maryland um it doesn't exist anymore it was torn Mm -hmm. down um and but this at the time you know it was going to be the perfect inspiration for the house yeah so ken he goes and he's like okay i'm gonna he draws a really quick sketch and he drew it a little like rundown and then in order to pitch this to Walt because like they had to pitch it in the morning to Walt and they really wanted to sell it because everyone on the team was really, really excited about it. So then this is when they have um, Marvin Davis, art director, and Sam McKim. He was an Imagineer helping out. He was like, you know, not quite as high up, but they had him paint it. Okay. Uh, take Ken's drawing, paint it and make it, you know, Bring it to life. Yes. Yeah. Um, And he worked all night painting this. So honestly, he was so tired, he didn't even make it to the meeting with Walt. (laughs) That's fun. That It feels like it kind of reminds me of like college days. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool. I miss that. It reminds me like that hustle, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah, yeah. And you do, in reading about pretty much any of these attractions, when we talk about Walt, it's like, they worked through the night. They slept at the office. And yeah. you're like, wow, these guys worked really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I don't know if you read this, but like Imagineering right now, are they like inventing robots who can walk around the parks? And it's like, okay, Westworld. Uh, that didn't really go well. I watched the show. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I mean, yeah, you're, you are correct. I don't know that the Imagineers are going to invent artificial intelligence. I don't think they will. But, but also, I don't really know. Maybe they will. They could. I know. Um, all of the, there was, they finally show it to Walt. Yeah. He loves the architectural uh-huh. uh, appearance. He's very excited about it. But, you know, they did have that, like, a little ambiguous, like, scary, mm. moss everywhere, dark. Walt's like, no. No scary. Yes. And we did talk about that a little bit before, that Walt was, you know, not down to have anything in his park that looked old because he really wanted it to look pristine. And, yeah. Like, a prestigious park so they don't know exactly what it's going to look like we don't know exactly what the story is going to be we don't know what's going to be inside we yeah we're still a little confused about where we're at even though we've been confused for a while we're still confused while this is going on walt makes a statement about how uh you know he he, he decided to move on from all of ken anderson's like really grim spooky storylines and he's like we're gonna take a lighter approach and you know what all of these ghosts that were displaced from europe and had their homes destroyed they're gonna come and they're gonna find their their retirement home here at disneyland yeah so this is 1958 right it's a sweet sentiment yes um and every i I can just imagine the imaginary being like okay 
Because uh, that is a very different vibe, you know? Haunted house, uh, you tend to think of scary. Yeah. And this is like haunted retirement home, which is also something I would think of as being scary. But, <laughs> but retirement home for ghosts, I guess, is a little bit different. So yeah. like, okay, all right, I guess we're doing that. Hey, did you see Raleigh? Did you see uh, Walt's statement in the paper? Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Throw all it away. Where is yeah. a retirement home for ghosts now? It reminds me, because I just am imagining all of these Imagineers. There's so many people on this team right now. They're all working on different things. They're so tired. They're exhausted. They're yeah. just working so hard. Yeah. And then I feel like this is like an old man move. Like I can picture my grandfather doing this, like just being like going out and making some statement in the public. And they're like, what? What, right. have, what have we been doing? Yeah, no, I, that's very <laughs> funny. I, I've... Uh... I will not name names, but I've worked with CEOs that have done stuff like that before. <laughs> and it's always like, okay, cool. Well, there goes three months. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, so Walt has announced at this uh-huh. point, yeah. whether the Imagineers like it or not, that yeah. the haunted house is going to come. Um, at this point, we're going to be in like 1959. Mm-hmm. Ken Anderson has decided he's going to leave the haunted house project. Says, I'm out of here. He's worked so hard, and I yeah. would, I'd love to know, like, the hot guys. He found a book. He sketched yeah. something from the book. Worked so hard. He he wrote every storyline. Yeah. And the amount of work that went into it, we did a whole episode on it, and honestly, we didn't even go into as much detail as I could have. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said a little bit a second ago, at this point, Walt... It was like two seconds ago, but I'm just, <laughs> okay. just in case. Okay. Yeah, Walt, had brought, <laughs> Walt had brought in two Imagineers um, for those fresh eyes, yeah. Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie. Right. They were not leaving the project. Even though Ken was leaving, they were like, nope, we're sticking to this. And they both went so hard on this. They immediately started going through, because now they didn't have Ken. They just went through every idea, every storyline, every illusion, every painting, every single piece of inspiration for this project. And I just imagine that a room, a huge room filled with just papers everywhere. And that meme that you talked about with the... Uh, with Charlie Day from Always Sunny, where yes. he's like drawn the connections to everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're a little overwhelmed by all of this because they're like, this is... There's so much going on. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Raleigh, magician, weird sculptures, Yale, background artist, mechanical genius, model builder. Right. Okay. So these two are going to be in charge of the illusions and the special effects. Before we get to that, ultimately, they go through all these ideas. Do those ideas end up making it into the mansion? I can't tell you that. I just had a really great joke, and I just want to guess right now. Okay, some of them. So ultimately, the Haunted Mansion kind of becomes a retirement home. For the ghost of Ken Anderson's ideas. <laughs> hey. hey, think about that. Yeah, nope. look, at that. look at that. You're not totally wrong. I know. You're not totally wrong. Um, so we've got Raleigh. We've got Yale. Yes. RC and YG. I, I love the fact that Walt found these two to work on this. And really, you know, this is when the mansion starts to come to life. It's these illusions. Of course. And these special effects. And... I, I think that what excites me so much about this attraction and these Imagineers is all of the out-of-the-box thinking. And Walt just saying, go for it. It doesn't matter. Spend the time you need. Mm-hmm. Whatever it costs, Like just go for it. And I just don't think that there's a lot of times where you're given that, like, that freedom. Yeah. 
Listen, I agree. I also feel like that can be a double-edged sword sometimes, especially when you have a boss like Walt who like is like, go for it, but also not like that. <laughs> so like, let's, I, I agree, but let's not romanticize it too much. Well, these He two, still was a little controlling on some of this stuff. I think he definitely was story and stuff. This was, you know, he doesn't, this was so out of his wheelhouse. Yeah. But the impression that I get is it was like, I trust you two. And I love sure. the fact that both Raleigh and Neil's brains think uniquely and you know, they just, they came up with stuff. They, they worked really passionately and, you know, cause they also know they have to live up to Walt's expectations. Yeah. You know, sure. he has, yeah. he has really big dreams for this project. And I think it's, you know, you can feel how many, how much love went into this. I feel like that's why this ride is still so successful, even though it hasn't really been updated. Um, just cause there's so much uniqueness to it. And somehow all of these crazy zany ideas came together and i think walt was just really passionate about that you yeah know, that's my impression i could no it's fine I, I yeah i'm not trying to discredit i just also don't want to in the same breath talk about how demanding he is and then be like but he really gives you a lot of freedom and it's like yeah i mean yeah but as long as it's within what he wants to do yeah and that's okay it, it clearly worked out well can i can i tell you my next note because yeah. it kind of goes perfect walt definitely made their lives difficult <laughs> <laughs> shocker uh, <laughs> in an interview um, at the time, this is when uh, Walt was still referring to the attraction as like New Orleans exhibit. It didn't mm. have a name yet. Yeah. This is how he had directed the duo to create. He said, create something nice for the hall of the infamous part of the New Orleans exhibit, like werewolves or a Medusa marble bus that talk, even ordinary appearing pictures that can change into horrors before a visitor's eyes. And you're like, Okay, that's a lot of ideas in one room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of ideas. But they're like, all right, we got to do this. So, when I, for these two, Raleigh and Neil, the year 1959 was a really unique year. They consider themselves roommates because they basically lived in this room where they were coming up with all of these ideas. It was on the second floor of the animation building. Cool. And they're, they're very specific about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like, this consumed their life. Uh-huh. Those um, are, I mean, listen, I, I clearly have never worked at a place like that, but those are some of the things that I have enjoyed the most about um, working at startups sometimes, where it's like you get, yeah, 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 working on a project with some people that you vibe well with, and you're just spending a lot of time in like a whiteboard room, and you're just, uh, idea, idea, ideating, ideating. You're ideating over and over until you find the thing that's going to work out. And I, I think it can be cool to work on projects with people you like, especially if you work well with them, uh, together with them, like Raleigh and Neil seem to do. They, they do. They seem like it. Yeah. So they're going through all the sketches from Anderson and other artists. There's a ton of ideas. And they're also looking at illusions and tricks um, from not only, you know, Disneyland and the stuff they've already done with the dark rides and whatnot, yeah. but also old magic tricks. Well, clearly, like Teller pointed out, yeah. Pepper's Ghost. Yeah, I mean, so there was something called black art boxes and spirit cabinets. And okay. These are two just like classic, you know, magician tricks. And so they're they're taking those and seeing how can they spin it. Another thing that they would do that I think is so cute is they would just sit around and read ghost stories to each other. <laughs> that is cute. Right? Yeah. Um, Why don't you ever read me ghost stories? Uh, ooh, I guess yeah. you kind of did. Yeah, we did. In Marceline. In Marceline, we read yeah. ghost stories. That was fun. Wow, we recorded a lot in Marceline. We did. Because 
Yeah, that's like three, four episodes. It was like four episodes. That was a good time. I like Marceline. Oh my gosh, it was so magical. Um, and I got stuck on how to mansion there, so. Uh, <laughs> they also would go ahead and they would build uh, models to show Walt. It was really clear that these two were kindred spirits. Their love of magic, creating things. Um, and so much of what they came up with is obviously there today. And it was kind of like Yale was known as Geppetto. And Raleigh was there to kind of expand and help grow the ideas and often add a lot of humor to them. Cool. Because I like I love there's, you know, pictures of Raleigh and these like playing with those, you know, little mobiles and stuff. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like I love like I wouldn't know how to come up with that. Why was Yale known as Geppetto? Because he did the miniatures and stuff. Because he was the so he's the one um, Yale's the one who's tinkering constantly. Right, right, right. And he's constantly just creating and he did things. the miniature trains. Yeah, I yeah. read I read something about how his son was saying his dad was good about not bringing like work home, but he would look around their house and there was just stuff everywhere. He was always trying to like make a new gadget. Like he would have an idea and he would just go for it. And like he's the kid was saying, or he's not a kid, he's a man now, but he was saying as a kid, he would break his toys to see his dad fix it. That's cool. Yeah. That sounds like uh, not quite the same, but the uh, uh, Schlinsky from Honey, I Shrunk oh, yeah. the Kids. Yeah. He's like, he's just an inventor. He just does stuff. His house looks crazy because he's got a bunch of inventions. And he's just shrinking kids. Yeah. Or blowing them up. Yeah. Whatever. Or themselves. Or themselves. Was that the third one? I think, yeah, <laughs> Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. I don't know. That sounds right. Or audiences. You yeah, know? audience. Sometimes they shrink audiences. Audience. Um, well, this is a story that I think is very funny. So apparently the janitors, because imagine this room, okay? There's stuff everywhere because they're inventing things constantly. And at this point, the room that Yale and Raleigh had, they, they were able to start like um, filling sound stages, um, which, little funny fact, um, one of these was previously contained the set of Zorro. Ah, cool. Yes, but now it was just a studio parking lot. Um, but they had all of their special effects, their props, all in you know this huge space. The janitors had said, can you please leave the lights on? It's really freaky in there. We don't really like it. And so they said, okay. Then, because all, because all of these gags were set up, it was like if you walked in while the lights were on, I guess, it would trick something and it would turn everything to black light. And then all of the ghosts would start popping out and like, the, you know, the tricks would be, That's cool. everything would start happening. Yeah. And then apparently the next day after they had said that, they come in, all of the ghosts are still moving and there's just a broom in the middle of the floor. That's great. And they were then told um, that the janitor staff will no longer be cleaning their room and they had to clean their own because they were too scared. That's funny. I uh, Yet another ghost story um, cool. about Disney that <laughs> didn't end up being real, but still very cool. Which one? Well, I was thinking of those, uh, those videos, all that we saw that were like, oh, oh the cool ghosts, they're all clearly real. And then it's like, oh, no, that was just a marketing ploy. But it here's another so one. so good. That's like the most genius marketing ploy ever. It's very good. Yeah. Like, don't you wish you came up with that? Yeah. I was jealous. I think that's yeah. very cool. But then, I mean, I feel like I've heard this, too, as an urban legend of, like, people, like, oh, then they came to life and the janitors ran away yeah. screaming. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, it's just uh, it's just old Raleigh and Yale. Yeah, no, these affect, like, they knew they weren't real, but they totally freaked. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was kind of sure. scary. Um, which, that to them was, like, a good sign. Like, okay, this works. Yeah, like for sure. You know, if we can scare our, you know, yeah. the staff, I think we can scare our guests. Um, and a lot of these gags, yes, they were really thought out. 
you know. But not all of them were. Some of them were just happy accidents is what they like to call them. Like what? Um, so one of them would be like like the inverted face illusion. Oh, yeah. You know where it looks like a marble statue appears to be looking at you? Yeah. It came about because um, a cast of the life mask of Abraham Lincoln um, in, was in the Imagineering department one day. And they noticed that when they walked by it, the shifting shadows made the face appear like it was moving. <laughs> so they figured out from there how to make these busks look like they're following you. Those are always interesting because they do like, yeah, I, I definitely, those, those are pretty iconic to me. Cause I mean, that's your, after you go down the stretching room and you're walking towards the doom buggy, mm -hmm. um, that's where you see them kind of like in the, in the hallway. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I always feel like, oh, it looks like they're following me, but it's like, it does look like they're moving. And so that's a little creepy. Cool. It is. Yeah. It's actually part of the attraction in the Florida version. Oh, cool. It's like in the ride. I see. Now we get to talk about Pepper's Ghost for a second. So like I told you, we are making full scale models to show Walt. Yeah. At this point. Mm -hmm. um, they decided to use um, Pepper's Ghost in an illusion. And what it does, which I still think is like, the most like it's you even today you see it and you're like how do they do that it's so cool and it was something that was invented yeah in 1858 i think i said mm -hmm. um and the the way that they used it um because ken had already used it ken anderson had already used it <laughs> we're on a first name basis apparently <laughs> um in the sleeping beauty castle you know the walkthrough yeah 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 and um based on Ken Anderson's ideas about the sea captain. They had this idea of a scene of the murderous sea captain covered in seaweed, dripping water. He just appears, right? Which is very cool and creepy. Very creepy. Yeah. And he's just standing in the room. And then the ghost of his slain wife, whom the captain had bricked up in the wall behind him. Real cask of Amontillado cool. situation. Yep. Um, had materialized and flew towards him. And then they both disappear. A ghost haunted by a ghost. Oh, that's what Raleigh said. I love Raleigh. <laughs> love him. Um, and then the scene, that's interesting. Do we think ghosts haunt ghosts? I guess I'm sure they, there's movies out there about it. They they could. Yeah. Um, and then the sea captain. I wasn't finished, by the way. No, I know. <laughs> I just have to make my voice heard every so often. Yeah. yeah. You don't want people to forget you. You don't yeah. become a ghost. <laughs> um, and then the sea captain would dissolve into a pool of water, flooding the chamber. And then the water would dry up right in front of the guest's eyes. It, would that all be done through Pepper's Ghost? I, I think it would be practical effect and special effect That's Pepper's Ghost. That's very cool. Ghost. Yeah, yeah. So cool. The problem was that this scene and a lot of other scenes like it, we're going to take two to three minutes to stage. Oh, okay. And so this to is To stage kind of, or to like yeah. execute on? Well, both. Okay. Well, like, like to set up, clean up, whatever. Yeah. So they just so you're really not getting people through that quickly yeah and and that became an issue you know yeah. like not getting able to, to do stuff in time we're running into that logistics issue again of like how do we get all this stuff in there and execute on it in a way that will uh make for a, a good attraction yeah and like keep it moving yeah. and keep people engaged and not like have to pause like that would really stink to have to like pause like yeah before you go to the next room yeah um the Haunted House project, because yeah. we don't have a name yet for mm -hmm. it, um, still had stories like this in it that were inspired by Anderson's ideas, but it was really clear that this project became a lot less about the story mm -hmm. and more about these illusions. Mm. 
I like that Walt said that Yale was his very first illusioneer. Illusioneer? Uh-huh. Nice. Okay. I read an article cool. about a guy who later became an Imagineer and how, as a kid, he had posters of Yale Gracie on his wall. And his friends would come over and be like, who is that? And he's like, well, that's like my Michael Jordan. That's cool. I mean, a huge dork, but <laughs> clearly it worked out for him. I thought know? that was so cute. It is cute. Yeah, yeah. There's some Imagineers I haven't talked about since we began this segment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to bring them back. They have been there the whole time. Uh, Walt had asked Marvin Davis and Bill Martin, who I did not mention, but he's in that same team with with Marvin Davis. I don't know why every time I feel like I have to be like, Marvin. Marv. Vin. Marv. Marv. That's but then like, it sounds like Mark. Well, but yeah, there's clearly a Mark and a Marv. But then I have to like. Here's the thing. It's not our fault. Is that, they it, hired two people that sounded And similar. there's more on this yeah. project. There's more Davises. Yeah. All right. So anyways, Marvin. Okay. So uh, Marvin Davis and Bill Martin uh-huh. um, continue working on this attraction, which as a result, they had um, an innovative dual path layout of this mansion. Okay. So essentially it was like two mirrored walkthroughs, mazes, you know, in this giant show building. And um, they were using this idea that they would take the elevator, the stretching room, Mm -hmm. down to get you out into an exterior show building outside of Disneyland. They'd already, like, that part was already planned. Gotcha. Because there wasn't enough space within the Disneyland, so they had to go outside. And um, depending on where you would go, you know, which side you would get. You'd get the same attraction, right? It just would be different, like, different spaces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like cars. Kind of. Except, I, I mean, not a, not at all, actually, I don't think. I just know there's a part in cars where you yeah, split. Like that's all. Cars. That's all. I'm not. It's more like Matterhorn because there's two yeah, tracks. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, and now we're into the 60s. We're at the very beginning of the 60s. Gotcha. And there's getting to be more complications. Oh, my goodness. How many more can we fit in? Well, however many podcasts I can make. Let's be, <laughs> let's be clear. Um. First of all, even with what feels like every single Imagineer on Earth is working on this project, Walt was still not happy. And it had nothing to do with the stories or the illusions that he didn't like. This is just his general disposition. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, I'm just a cranky old man at this point. I don't know. It was the walkthrough thing. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. He really struggled with this. Like, because even that gag, you know, with the sea captain, that is so cool. And it would be so neat to see. Yeah. But it was just... it wasn't efficient enough because the Disney like park people who you know deal with the numbers and stuff they they would walk through it and be like this it looks great can't happen too slow yeah yeah and I mean that's tough like I, I you know I feel like uh, granted clearly I live in a time where we don't have to do walkthroughs that's not true I've done walkthroughs of scary stuff at like the uh, like the haunted house like the haunted hayride that kind of stuff in LA I've done that sort of stuff you're there and, jump uh, out and scare you yeah and it's like it's all right it's all right but it's not it, it's not like a it's clearly not like a Disney ride not that it, not that they should have to be but there's the, the walking through period kind of almost gives you a little too much agency I feel that's, like I, that's what I was about to say yeah Part of what makes... Easier to see the strings. Yes. Part of what makes these dark rides, specifically, you know, the Haunted Mansion, is you're seeing a scene the way that they want you to see the scene. Exactly. You're turning in a way and you're seeing that exact thing the way they want you to see it. If I'm just walking around, I'm going to get distracted. 
And, you know, you control your own pace. And, like, there there are definitely ways to execute on that in a way that is very fun. I'm sure, like, uh, the Halloween Horror Nights, that kind of stuff, where it's, like, there are times when you're supposed to be, like, ah, you're all scared. And then you run and scream and that kind of stuff. But but I think for something that's going to be so visually... Um, interesting and they're putting yeah. so many creative ideas behind it makes sense that they'd be like this isn't quite it well and Walt one of the reasons that he was really unhappy with the idea of the walkthrough was because that's what the Cinderella or sorry my bad Sleeping Beauty's castle mm. is yeah. it's this little walkthrough attraction where you kind of see the story of Sleeping Beauty and it something about it didn't hit for him I, I, I concur yeah I mean it is it's just kind of feels like this thing like oh we had to fill the space mm-hmm. even though I know that's not actually what it no, was. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it comes off that way mm-hmm. because of it just being this walkthrough situation. So that sure. was already telling him, I don't think this is right. Yeah. Now it's beginning of the 60s, and there's something also that's going to be an even bigger obstacle. Walt had now set his sights on the upcoming New York World's Fair because this was an opportunity for him to show the world the incredible things that they were doing at WED and the you know, at the time, Imagineering. Uh, and it would be able to raise funds for them to build newer things at Disney. Yeah. So this was now going to be like, this was the thing. We've gotten to talk about the World's Fair, and I love talking about the yeah, World's Fair. Yeah, there's some cool stuff that happens at it. Really cool projects, and it basically how he was like, figure out how to do all of these things. Um, and now we have to get it's a lot of really, really ambitious projects. Timelines that don't seem doable, but... They make it happen. And so now all of Wed's hands are on deck for this. So with all of that said, once again, my perfect haunted mansion is doomed to never open. And yet, the secret to making it all happen lied in the very World's Fair that stood in its way. Next time on Slice of Disney. Hurry back. Hurry back. Make sure to bring your death certificate. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe (laughs) wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, You can check out all of our stuff on SlicesOfDisney.com. There's a Patreon link there. There's links to where you can see our YouTube channels, YouTube videos. Uh, Send us a message. You can do it on all of our social channels. It's all there. Yep. Um, Slice of Disney on Facebook and Instagram. Slice underscore of underscore Disney on Twitter. You can email us at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com. And in talking about Patreon, we talked about this in our first episode of Haunted Mansion that it took us like, there was like three hours of Haunted Mansion footage. Um, because we like, we kept getting interrupted or like the first time, like I tried to get it all into one and it was just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. It was, it's just a lot. Right. And I think we're going to release it for our patrons. I'm going to dig through our old files and assuming I can find it. I'm really excited. It should be on there. I don't delete anything. Um, we'll, uh, we'll release it out to everybody. Yeah. So if you're interested in hearing that, you can join our Patreon. Um, we're going to do a Survivor Night, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, we're going to do a Survivor Night. <laughs> that's what I get to do for my birthday, which was a couple months ago. I uh, want to give a huge shout out to our latest patrons, Sean, Brandon, and Cheryl. Thank you so much for joining us in our fun. And thank you to everyone for joining me and letting me have my birthday wish of getting to talk more about the Haunted Mansion. Happy birthday, Kelly. Thank you. Uh, and hey, also if you're a patron and you're at Disneyland or Disney World at the same time as me, we get to ride the Haunted Mansion together. So 
Then you get even more of this. So much fun for everyone. Don't let that dissuade you. Yeah, I know. Um, we still like, have a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you have the best week ever. And it's a little haunted and chilling. And we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, bye.